I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lighten up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with my equally slightly sick and definitely just as sexy husband, Mr. Eric Robertson. Hello. We are in Pleasant Pictures Studio in Provo, Utah, and holy crap, do we have a really, really good episode for you today. A zinger. It really is a zinger, and a fun little break. I mean, I know you love (laughs) listening to me and Eric, maybe, maybe not, and we are talking about realizing you are more than enough. You have more than enough. You are more than enough. And Miranda is bringing an incredibly unique perspective. She did this amazing challenge uh, with her family. It has to do with minimalism. And I just want this huge disclaimer. I tell Miranda this too. Kind of a lot of the things that interest Miranda make me go, boo, boring. And so if you're turned off by the concept of minimalism or buying less or feeling like, ugh, I've already heard about that, I get it, don't get turned off yet. Give it a minute because Miranda brings whole new depth and insight into the subject. And something I also really love is that Miranda and I dive into the idea of confidence. It's something that she just inherently possesses and executes so well. So I know you're going to get a ton of value out of this episode, but we had a pretty good nobody cares about your kids we wanted to share with you. Yeah. So I was driving in the car with Fiona and Rad in the backseat and Rad. So Rad is six and Fiona's three. Ginger is eight, and she is so nice to both of them, but Rad and Fiona have a tougher time. (laughs) Yeah. Rad just recently brought it, he just recently got the courage to say that he loves her after much tears and coercion. He he couldn't say the words. I love. We couldn't get him to say, I love Fiona for (laughs) months. So we've we've passed that hurdle, but this is <laughs> this might be one of the reasons why. I, I was driving and I just kept hearing Rad screaming like, "Dad, Fiona's bugging me, Dad, Fiona." He's just like he's losing it, and so but I couldn't hear Fiona doing anything wrong. So I look back and I turn off the music so I can hear what's going on. And Fiona covers her mouth and whispers to Rad, "I'm in charge of you." <laughs> and Rad cannot handle that. He's just screaming, Dad, Rad, or Fiona's telling me all this stuff. And then it settles down, and then she does it again. I'm in charge of you. <laughs> <laughs> she's seriously terrifying. The thing is, she's saying it knowing it's a joke and knowing that oh, it's yeah. going to drive him crazy. Oh, yeah. And poor Rad doesn't understand that she's just like a puppeteer. So that's nobody cares about your kids. Hopefully uh, the goal is to scare you from having children or make you feel better about your own parenting. Uh, Now we're going to get into this episode and I'm so, so excited for you guys. Uh, Miranda has a podcast called Live Free Creative and you can find her on Instagram at Live Free Miranda. And for those of you who are my boss babes, you're going to recognize her from my influencer courses. I interview her in those and she's one of my brand school coaches. So enjoy this. Okay, we have the one, the only, the beautiful, the gorgeous, the possibly containing more energy than me, Miss Miranda Anderson. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I agree with the energy, but yes, I do have a lot. You have a lot too. Well, you're you're one of the only people <laughs> that I ever look at and go 
she's doing so much I feel tired. Ah. You're the, like, no, nobody ever makes me feel that way. And then I go, oh, is that how I make other people feel? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Okay, so I love Miranda. You might know her as Live Free Miranda. She has, how long have you been blogging? 10 years? Over 10 years. Yeah, you're like, you're like me. We go oh, way back. Way, and she way. also has a fabulous podcast called Live Free Creative. And I am so excited to have Miranda here today because we are talking about her book. You wrote a book. Woo-woo, I wrote a book. <laughs> oh. You wrote a book, and it is called More Than Enough, and it is going to be available on June 25th. Right now, if you pre-order her book, you're going to get an audio version of the book as a bonus, and you guys are going to want this book. I just finished reading it. I absolutely love it, and that's what I'm excited to talk to you about today, Miranda, because there's a lot. You could talk about anything. We could talk about everything. Yeah, we do, in fact. And we, do, and we just did before we, we started just recording. <laughs> I just want to share this about you, Miranda. One of my favorite things about you. I was talking to you and Miranda and I both speak. We do keynotes and speak at conferences and Miranda's a fabulous speaker. And I remember talking to you about a speaking job you had just had at a conference and I said, how did it go? And you said, oh, it went really well. I did great. This was <laughs> this was like a few years ago. And I know that seems so small, like you saying it went really well, I did great. But at that point, it like never had occurred to me that like... Like, I could think that I did a good job speaking and that, like, it could be enough and that I could just own it and feel confident. And so you modeled that for me. I'm like, well, every time I speak, I'm always like, I could have done this and I could have done this. And you kind of looked up and you thought, um, maybe. I mean, I think I did a really good job. (laughs) (laughs) I have a severe case of overconfidence, I think. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't believe, I don't believe that it's overconfidence because, and I, I say, I want to say you back it up, but then I don't want people to feel like that in order to have confidence, they have to like be able to back everything up. Actually, in my Awesome On Demand program, we're talking about confidence this month. And as I was researching confidence, it really means to have full trust. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is, is I think that you have full trust in yourself. I don't think you can have an overabundance of trusting yourself. Yeah, and I that's think so, true. So often people want to say that too much confidence is arrogance. And I think that when you start to move into arrogance, you start thinking that you're better than other people. Then it starts to be about other people and you in comparison. And I feel like your confidence really comes from a place of you believe in yourself, you trust in yourself. And I don't think you can have an overabundance of that. So everyone listen to Miranda because she's got life figured out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I have it figured out, but I think what I do know is that I don't have it figured out and I'm okay Mm. with that. Yes. I love that the description of confidence as as trust in yourself. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It is interesting. I do trust myself and I also know, like I just was saying, I know that I don't know and I don't feel like I should all the time. I'm just just Mm. not a perfectionist. That's not something that I've struggled a whole lot with and I don't expect (laughs) it from myself and I don't expect it from other people either. Which which is a beautiful, that's a beautiful gift. 
it's just a weird wire. You know how we just all come a little different? It's just a little weird wiring, you know? And sometimes it makes me, like, as a growing up, it made me more reckless and it made me more, like, willing to jump into things that maybe were over my head or that, you know, like, I would I would say yes and yes and yes and yes. I know that you suffer from yes-itis sometimes, too. Like, I would say yes to all the things. And then I would feel really overwhelmed by all of the things, but I also wanted to do all of the things. And so I knew that I had consciously, like, created this whole thing for myself. It was like always ended up okay because I wanted to be doing it all. I just would wear myself like out all the way completely. But I never felt like, oh, I can't do it. I always felt like I can do it. I'm just going to like, it's just might suck for a while. (laughs) Well, and that was, it's hysterical because that's a line I pulled out from your book is I was born without a perfectionism gene. I was just dying because like does not compute over here. (laughs) Like I could not, I could, I could not be more opposite. I love that. And I, and I want to get into that. But first, what I want to do is I want you to tell us about your book, the experiment that you did for a year. Then I want to get into that because there are real applicable takeaways for everyone. Here's what I want to do. I want to prime this with you're going to listen to Miranda tell you her experiment. And if you're like me, you're going to be like, boo, no. I think there's going to be two camps. I can think of like my my friends who would be like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do that. And then there's the people like me are like, ugh, no, ugh. I don't want to even talk. I don't want to talk about it. It, I'm not. Don't even make me listen to it, Allison. And I want to say that Miranda approaches this topic in such an interesting and unique way that even if you're in my camp, you should listen up because there's some really, really good takeaways. Okay. So now that I've given you such a heartwarming interest. <laughs> That's a good lead in. <laughs> Thank you. I know I appreciate that from your perspective, particularly because of course, it's really easy to like hear like to feel like uh, you're in an echo chamber with all of the people who agree with you saying yes, this is what we want to hear. And then you don't hear all the voices that say wait, I don't know if that's something that I would ever feel comfortable with. And so I like, I like hearing that there is, because I believe that there is benefit in the message that I share through my book and the experience that we went through for, for not just for people like me, but for other people as well, for people who love things and who love stuff. And I love some stuff too. And so let me just, yeah, I'll introduce the book. So the book is more than enough. The subtitle is long, but I like it. It's called How One One Family Cultivated a More Abundant Life Through a Year of Practical Minimalism. Okay, so that's it right there. You hear the words practical minimalism. I'm like, I get it. Like, I'm really a minimalist in a lot of ways, I believe. Like, I don't like buying stuff. I don't buy tchotchkes. I mean, I've been friends with you for years, so, like, I was witnessing all all of this. And I I love your approach, so I'll just let you get into it. But, yes, it's really good. So the book shares the lessons that our family learned during a year that we took off of unnecessary shopping in 2017. At the beginning of the year, I had some experiences that I I share in the book that kind of led up to this idea. It was like a light bulb moment of maybe we should just not buy anything this year. Like we have a lot of stuff, we have enough stuff, and I don't think we need any more. Like I think we can, I think that we have sufficient for the year, we should just take a break. That sounds crazy even to me right now saying that because it feels really logistical and really like how, how could you even do that? Because I have three kids, yeah. we own a, we own a house, we have a dog, you know, I'm married, like, like normal life involves buying stuff almost every day. I don't know, it was just, it must have been inspired because the decision happened really quickly and easily. I, I was sitting 
sitting, Dave and I were watching a movie and after the movie we chatted and I said, hey, what do you think about this idea? And he said, yeah, like, let's do it. And so then like within two days we had confirmed we are not gonna buy any unnecessary things this year. And what we called unnecessary was anything that was a non-consumable item. So of course we needed to feed our family and buy groceries and my printer runs out of ink like every two days. And so I would buy printer ink so I could print the coloring pages for the kids to entertain themselves, you know, but no no clothing or furniture or tech or um, decor items, nothing from the dollar spot at Target, no unpremeditated, you know, things at all. It was an incredible experience. We had a transformative year as a family as we navigated this. We decided some guidelines for ourselves and we had a couple really unexpected experiences during the year like moving from Texas to Virginia and having to try to figure out how we were going to combine this challenge that we were already six months into and dedicated to and the idea of having to move where there were some necessary purchases and trying to figure that out. And I I talked through not only the experiences that we had, but the principles surrounding this sort of mindset shift of understanding that we already have enough, that we that we have enough in our lives and that what we ended up, you know, feeling like it all went one step further into not only do we have enough, but we are enough. Like right now, who I am today is the person that I need to be. And everything that has happened to me leading up to today was necessary for the reasons that it, you know, taught me and molded me and inspired me and everything that I will be going forward and the choices that I make, I can have that confidence in myself and the things that I'm doing um, to know that I, that I can, that I can approach life from a place place of feeling full and complete and content. And that's a really incredible place to to begin living life from. I love that. And you know, your book is amazing. I genuinely loved it. You guys, I've read it. I highly, highly recommend it. And you know, I don't recommend books that I don't like. Miranda's my friend and I wouldn't be saying buy her book if I didn't like her book. But I want, (laughs) and they, and they can read the book and I want to get into that. But one thing that really struck me is Miranda, you've cultivated this life of creating this confidence in your trust and trust in yourself so that you could even have an idea like this. Let's go a year without spending and buying and accumulating. And I really liked how you said it must have been inspiration. I just want to touch on that really quickly because I think so many people, everyone out there, hi, Awesome Empire, you're listening. You have ideas like Miranda. You have a dream like Miranda. But when that idea and that dream comes to you, are you able to say, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do it with enthusiasm like Miranda. And I think, Miranda, one of the reasons you're able to do that is because you You've spent so many years giving yourselves these mini challenges and smaller tasks and little projects and you've done them and it has increased your self-efficacy, your belief that you can do things. And then also you've learned how to recognize inspiration in your life. What an amazing thing that this project didn't start out as, oh, this would be good for a book and I'm going to come at it from this angle and I'm going to do it in just this way and it's going to be content for my for my platforms. It came from a true place of inspiration. And then when that inspiration struck, you had the confidence to act on it. So I know this isn't exactly the content of your book, but I feel like you're really uniquely qualified to maybe give a little insight on that. Yeah. So it is really uncomfortable to make decisions that go against what we have been doing in our lives up to whatever point we're at. It's really- Okay, wait, 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 wait. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Give Give everybody, you know, Miranda has a podcast. That's why everything she says is golden. So 
So just <laughs> it is really uncomfortable to make decisions that go against what we have been doing up till that point. Yes? Yeah. That is that is huge. Think about that, guys. Think about that. Okay, sorry. Now you can continue talking. <laughs> yeah. So the reason that it becomes important to trust yourself in the small things is because then you build up this confidence or this understanding or this faith in yourself that even mm. though it's uncomfortable for a while that you're going to not only get through it, but most likely if it's in- an inspired choice for you, you will feel better after. You'll feel better during and Ooh, after. Yes. And yeah. so it can be tricky to say, I'm going to give a couple examples of like many challenges we had done. One was that I had heard about the idea of creating a capsule wardrobe or an edited closet. And so I had this closet full of clothes and I had just had my third baby. And we all know how that feels after you have a baby and you go back into your closet of clothes. <laughs> Not the best feeling in the world, right? And, um, and so I decided... I didn't want to feel bad about that all the time. I, I didn't want to be spending too much time considering what to put on and whether it fit or not and how this would all work. And so I just decided, I, I read about this idea and I decided I'm just going to get rid of everything that I don't like, that doesn't fit, that doesn't make me feel comfortable and like myself. And so I pulled everything out. I put it all on my bed. I like remember this so vividly. This I was living in Texas. I had this huge closet and it was full of clothes and I pulled everything out and I tried on every single thing. And if it didn't fit or I didn't like it, I got rid of it. And there were things like a sweatshirt that I had worn to my wedding dinner the night before I got married that I had not worn since. It was 10 years later. But I felt like, oh, it's so cute because I wore it to my wedding dinner. And I looked at it like I was I was keeping it because of the sentiment and the memory. And I, I asked myself, can I have the feelings about my husband and about my wedding and about my wedding dinner without holding on to this ridiculous sweatshirt that I wore one time? And the answer was yes. I can have all of those feelings and all of that love and all of those memories without having this piece of, you know, cloth hanging in my closet, taking up space and mental energy. And and so I started to come at things from kind of that perspective. One of the things that I recognized early on was that even though I could control what I bought and what was happening in my own family, that people would give us things. I share a story about my mom coming to visit, which just ended up in like, Like she left and I just had like piles of things that she had given us. And I was like, mom, this is not according to our plan. You know, this isn't the guideline. I think you said it was after like seven months of like not buying your kids new toys, new swimsuits, new shoes, like not new stuff unless it was replacing the old. And then you see like a swimsuit tucked in Plum's bag. Oh, she leaves and I'm like, oh, there's all the stuff that she not only like gave me while we were here, but like left. I think she thought we were depriving our kids of things. Like she felt like there was some deprivation happening because we had decided not to buy new clothes, not to buy new toys. And, um... And she also gave me a little like when she, you know, some Amazon boxes showed up and she she gave me a little smirk and said, well, you didn't buy them. And I thought, OK, yeah, OK, I get it. Oh, yes, I didn't mom. buy them. Sweet mom. I know she's and she is so generous. And so how could you ever like feel, you know, yeah, feel badly about that. But the the two things that I recognized were one, I I know that people give gifts for them as much as for me. Mm. And so like you, you just said you, you love collecting things to give to people in thoughtful little gift baskets. Yeah. Yes. You do that because you feel good doing that. Oh yeah, it's for me. You I get all it's of the ho- benefit it's a out hobby. of that, right? It's a hobby. It's like, a hobby. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, my new hobby, I turned all my hobbies into work. And so one of my new hobbies, and I'm sure I can find a way to turn this into work, but one of my new hobbies that I'm, is safe right now is this one. 
Right. So you you do that for you, and and you, the recipients of your gifts may love it, and it may feel good for them, and fairly, they may not. Totally. Maybe not everything lands. And so I was put in the position of thinking, well, I don't want all of this stuff that I'm being given, but what is my responsibility to the gift giver? Is there one? When I'm giving a gift, what is my responsibility as the giver? How does this all work? And so we, I started to kind of think on that, and what we decided worked for us was when people gave us gifts, we would accept them with gratitude, just love and gratitude and say thank you. And, you know, we would take them and we would, if they were something that we felt added value to our lives, then we would keep them and we would find something that no longer added value to our life to get rid of, to kind of maintain this like base level of stuff. So for example, my boys' birthday parties during the year, Dave and I didn't give them material gifts. We gave them gifts of experience, but their friends, we we did parties where their friends could bring gifts. After the party, they evaluated the gifts that they had been given, decided what they loved, and then for all the things that they kept, we went into the toy room and we just filled a bag up with things that they no longer loved, that they didn't want anymore. And it, and it was fairly easy. It wasn't like this, they were all crying and like, oh, I want all the things. Like, yeah. it was a good lesson. And like, you know, half the stuff I don't use anyway, it's old. I got a new one, you know, so we'll get rid of it. The other thing that we decided and that we kind of learned, one of the principles of gifting was that as a gift giver, my responsibility for that gift ends when it is given. Mm. I do not want to add strings to the gifts that I give. I don't want to add expectations that someone will like it, that they'll thank me for it, that they'll use it. If I give a gift to someone and it definitely, and and they decide that it doesn't add value to their life, I want them to do with it what they will. So if that means donating it or re-gifting it, that's great. Someone, Dave and I had this funny conversation. We were road tripping somewhere and talking about this topic. And I said, so what if you gave me a gift and I didn't like it and I threw it out the window? Like we're driving the car. Like what if you <laughs> handed me something that I didn't like and I just threw it out the window? Like how would, you know? And and he said, well, if, if what we're dis- discussing right now is true, then I would be unaffected by that because I had done, I had fulfilled all of my gifting responsibility in the giving of it. And then whatever you choose to do with it is up to you. And that's such a freeing concept. Yeah. It's such a freeing concept on both sides, both as the giver. Here's a gift that I can give you. I I recognize that I'm feeling all of the good feelings and the love giving it to you. And if I don't, if I'm not feeling those feelings, then why am I giving you a gift anyway? Like, are, am I doing it for manipulation? If you're giving a gift because you expect something specific in return, that's not a gift. That's manipulation or that's bribery or, you know, there's lots of other words for that. Yeah. If you're giving a gift, a true gift is something that you give and you release. In the same way, receiving a gift is something that can happen. We can receive it and we can decide how it adds value to our lives, if it does, and then choose what we want to do next with it. And it doesn't have to be in direct correlation to the person who gave us the gift. If we love that person, that doesn't mean we have to love their gift. Sometimes does that, do we feel like that? Yeah, sometimes I like things more because someone gave it to me. Something I wouldn't necessarily have chosen myself does gain some sentimental value because it was given to me by someone I love. And so then, but 
the but the the important piece of that is that I am putting the value into it and I'm feeling that love and it's true and then I and then I get to choose. And at any point if, you know, I don't like the burrow sweatshirt anymore, <laughs> I can get rid of it. You know, if that sentimentality yeah. decreases, then I can move on. I absolutely love that and I think that's so beautiful and what I like about that is that doesn't just apply to physical gifts. That no, that applies right. to our attention, our time. A gift that is more difficult for me to give is my time. I've noticed if I give you the gift of my time, which is very difficult, like I can give you a gift basket and I don't give two craps if you say thank you or even recognize I gave it to you. But if I give you the gift of my time and I don't notice it being appreciated, I can get a little snippy. And so it's just a good exercise in so many areas of life. And that's what I love about your book is that I feel like every chapter, as you go through kind of the different areas, like you have a chapter on how, you know, it helps you develop gratitude, on how this exercise helped you develop patience. And at the end of every chapter, the thing that I love you do is then you add an exercise for people to do at home that is not as extreme as give up shopping for a year, right? right. And so you have like a, should I buy this flow chart or different questions to ask yourself or kind of a, a, a guide to building a capsule wardrobe. So I really, really appreciate that you did that, but that it doesn't just touch the areas like you were saying, the book is called More Than Enough. And it's not just touching, again, the idea of like a physical gift or the idea of you have more than enough physical stuff. It's really helping us see how, and you say this in the book, and this is, this is so true, we're buying stuff to give us a feeling. We're doing stuff to give us a feeling. And when we realize, what is that feeling we keep trying to get from buying all this stuff? What is that feeling we're trying to get from giving all these gifts or or controlling how someone receives these gifts? And what it comes down to is, you know, I always like to say enough is a decision, not an amount. And what it comes down to is that decision that you are enough and that you have enough. And so I just, I love any thoughts you have on that because I mean, you really lived this, not just for this year, you've lived this before and you continue to live it. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that doing a, not just hypothesizing and thinking and, you know, reading about these types of things, but actually doing them. Mm. Actually, and this is part of why I included workbook chapters or, or um, application at the yeah. end of most of the chapters, that I think that there is a there is a pointed difference in a learning situation when you hear and understand versus when you apply. And that application, for us, I had thought about minimalism. I had thought about the idea of having enough stuff. I had thought about how I should feel grateful. I should feel abundant. I should feel content. And I remember feeling confused sometimes. Why do I not feel that? Mm. I have everything that I need. I, you know, I'm, I'm happily married. I've got kids. I, I love my house. I love my job. I, you know, I love my life. So why do I not feel content? Why do I not feel abundant? What it came down to was that I was not doing actively the things that I needed to do in order to feel those feelings. Mm. I was thinking about them, but I wasn't doing them. I was telling myself I have enough stuff, but I was still buying more. Yes. I was telling myself I am enough, but I was hustling so hard to accomplish and to feel, to be successful. And I was setting these goals and I was trying, trying, trying to achieve them. And then wondering, why do I not feel like I'm enough? I I can tell myself that I am, but why do I not feel it? Because I wasn't actively doing the things, like putting into practice uh, the values that I wanted to live. I wasn't aligning my actual real life 
life tangible actions with what my beliefs were. And this experiment did that like in an instant. It snapped this idea of I have enough really sharply into focus because what we did was take away from ourselves the option for more and then sit in the discomfort of that. I I use the analogy in one of the chapters about feeling like a shipwrecked passenger climbing up onto the island and looking around frantically for like, what survived? What survived? What am I left with? When I do not have the option for more, what am I left with? And recognizing that what I had was enough. And that was powerful because until that moment, I had told myself that I had enough, but I hadn't really internalized it. I hadn't really understood it because I had always opted for more. And when I took away, voluntarily took the option for more away from myself, I realized that it was true. I really did have enough. I really was enough. I really could be content. If nothing else in my life ever improved past that moment, I would still be incredibly happy with my life. I'm like crying over here, by the way, because Miranda, that's like a superpower. You have a superpower now. I mean, that ability to feel that way, like, I think people listening will be like, that's a miracle. Like, that's a miracle. That sounds like a miracle. Because what a, like, what a beautiful, beautiful gift to have and to give yourself to be able to be content with where you are. You have this beautiful part in your book where you had decided, you just decided to do the challenge and you were looking at all of these um, plates that you had lovingly accumulated. You just started to appreciate the plates more and you you talked about, you know, we have all these wonderful plates as long as nobody's fighting over the tiger plate. (laughs) (laughs) Still happens. (laughs) Everybody wants the tiger plate. And I just loved that. It was like you put on new glasses and a new lens and you were able to start I mean I'm sitting in Eric's studio right now and I'm looking at this little beanie boo that my kids love and they always just want more beanie boos more beanie boos and I'm looking at Rodney here and when you know there's not the chance of buying another beanie boo Rodney becomes you know he's a little hamster I think becomes so much more important and significant right every right. everything else is given more value that yes. is so beautiful that's listen you have to read see you got to read her book it's just Lots of stuff like that. Now, there's one final piece I want to talk on that I really feel ties this all in together. It's what we we started talking about in the beginning is that you were born without this perfectionism gene and you have this amazing chapter in your book called Imperfect Minimalism. The rest of the book, you set the parameters. Here's what we're buying. Here's not what we're not buying. Here's what we do when it comes to food. Here's what we do when it comes to clothes. So I think all of those little practicalities, they're in the book. You know, we don't need to spend time on them. But I loved this chapter so much where you talked about you wanted this laptop case and you bought it. And so I just wanted you to share that because to me, this was the most empowering for me, the perfectionist, a recovering perfectionist. It was the most empowering part of the book because it was about the principle and not being perfect. And I'm so, so happy you put this in the book and that you were open about sharing this. So do you want to just share that little scenario of you buying something during this year of not buying anything? Right. Yeah. I mean, and I even say, I I share this experience of teaching a workshop in this beautiful boutique and feeling like, gosh, there's so many beautiful things in here, but I'm not buying things. I'm, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to teach my workshop. And, And then after, at the end of the workshop, seeing this laptop case that was not only on 
on sale, but it was like kind of perfect. You know, when you see the kind of perfect thing. I mean, we think we see it a lot, but like this really was kind of perfect. And there was, you know, all of these other situations. I was getting on a plane in the morning. I had a big presentation to work on. I didn't have a laptop case, but I was flying all over the country to conferences and speaking and, you know, doing prep. And I was kind of like, I was stuffing my laptop in a sweatshirt in my my carry-on bag. I know, and you said that, and I was like dying. I'm like, yes, you're stuffing (laughs) it in a sweatshirt. I like this make-do mentality. And part of the parameters of the challenge is Miranda and I both come up in the crafting scene where we can make a lot of stuff. She can make a laptop case. So that was an option too, right? Yeah, I could make it. I had fabric. I had everything on hand. In fact, I remember looking at the bag and thinking, I probably have everything I need to make this exact bag. I have a zipper. I have, you know, some D-rings. I have canvas. I have everything that I would need to make it. But what I did not have in that moment was more time because I left early in the morning and this was already getting into the evening. I hadn't finished prepping my talk and I had, you know, I needed to sleep at some point. Yeah. And so I decided I'm going to buy this laptop bag. And it's so funny to talk about it right now because it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like buy it, whatever. But here it was. It seems like no big deal. Like no big deal, right? Yeah. So, but I, I was months into this challenge. I not only had committed to do it myself, but I was sharing about it weekly on my blog. I had, you know, it was a, it was a widely published, you know, not like publicized, like I was sharing about it and people were following along and had a lot of questions about it. And and I was being really open about the challenges and and how we were navigating things. And so I was, I mean, I'm a blogger, right? So I was sharing about it on the blog and I thought to myself, actually, so when I bought it, Leslie, the store owner said, kind of smiled at me and said, I don't worry, I won't tell anyone. And I said, no, Leslie, I am going to tell everyone. Do you want to know why? Because buying this one laptop bag with intention is not derailing me from the purpose of this experiment. I am 100% committed to intentional consumerism. I know that I have enough. I know that I could be okay without this, but I want it anyway. And it's okay for me to break my own self-imposed rules and then get right back to them. And I didn't think to myself, oh good, now that I've like opened the shopping gate for for tonight, like I'm going to give myself 10 hours and just like buy all the stuff that I want. Yeah. And I didn't say like, you know, like I could have easily said like, eh, I'm not like really into this cheat, anymore like and I'm not going to do it. Day, the cheat like day the cheat on your day. diet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And the, the thing was, I wasn't doing it for anyone else. I myself was personally committed to the idea of developing a more abundant life through this year of practical minimum. I was committed to it myself. And so you may say a perfectionist would tell me if you were so committed to it, then you shouldn't have bought it. And what I learned was that it is okay because I was aligned with the principles, not the perfectionism. And I think that we waste so much time and energy worrying about being perfect that we don't allow ourselves to be really, really great. I know a lot of people do things like the 100 day challenge that, you know, is like this creative activity. You do something for 100 days and there are thousands of people who begin that challenge and like hundreds that finish it. (laughs) Like maybe, maybe thousands, but like the number significantly falls off of people who complete it. And I'll tell you why, because as soon as someone misses a day, they think, shoot, I didn't do it. And they stop, they stop trying. And guess what? We are imperfect. We are imperfect people. Our lives are not meant to be perfect. We are not meant to fill all of the bubbles. We are, people take pride sometimes in like, well, I've never done that. I'm 100% on this or that, or I fill in all my bubbles or, you know, and I, and I'm not, I'm not like that. I sometimes make mistakes. I sometimes, you know, don't exercise in a, in a week that I committed to myself to exercise. I sometimes, you know, 
know, say I'm not going to do something and then I do it. I I make mistakes all the time and I recommit as soon, you know, like I, I, I don't let it shake me off of the entire challenge completely. And I think that the, the learning how to be imperfect and how to have grace in our imperfection is a really, really important value because then it's empowering rather than shameful to have those moments where yeah. we where we make mistakes or where well, we don't measure up to our own self-imposed guidelines. Well, and that's, you know, and that's what it is, our own self-imposed guidelines. And what I really, really, I think what resonated so much with me, especially with, I know you, I know your life. I know that we commit to doing these things and then you're sharing about them publicly. And for you to have the integrity to live your life for you, even though it's being shared with thousands and thousands of people. I mean, to me, that just really speaks to your character and somebody that I want to learn from is somebody who's truly doing it for the principle and not for the practice. And and I right. want to share your own quote with you. And this, I really loved this. The focus on all or nothing success is what keeps so many people from trying and living out their dream. I love that we kind of started this interview with like, hey, Miranda, you're living your dream. (laughs) You did it. You wrote this book. You followed your inspiration. And I think one of the many, many reasons that you've done this, you know, I'm writing a book. we That's what we spent the first half an hour you and I talking about is how difficult it is to write a book. And so many thousands and millions of people start books and don't finish them. And I think one of the reasons you finished the book is because of this. The focus on all or nothing success is what keeps people, so many people from trying and living out their dream. You're focusing on the principle. You're focusing on your intentions for you and not letting doing it perfectly stop you from, from trying the next day when you don't perfectly succeed. Totally. And that is, I'm, that is so amazing. That's such a beautiful thing to see. Again, it's so interesting, this process, because so it's my first book. I plan on writing more. And I, all along the way, I would coach myself as I would, you know, be writing things or kind of get stuck. I had beta readers. I had an editor. I was going through the process. And I coached myself consistently saying, this book is going to be good. It's going to be really good. But it is not going to be perfect. It might not even be great. I mean, if I'm being <laughs> honest, like it, it's I, really well, I am doing my darndest. Like yeah. I am, I am putting everything that I have right now into it. And I am trying to be honest and candid and interesting. And, and thoughtful and share things that apl- that resonate with all different types of people. If one chapter doesn't hit for you, another might. But I did not go into this thinking this book is going to be the best work that I ever create because if I put that pressure on myself, I would not have finished it. I would have mm. revised it to death. I would have wondered what more, what more can I add? What more can I do? What will, you know, just boost it a little bit. And I realize that done is always better than perfect. Yeah. That that getting something out there that may touch some lives is far more admirable (laughs) and far more beneficial than waiting until you hit on the thing that's going to touch every life. Because I think that that is also like perfectionism. That is not, it's a myth. Is an yeah. absolute myth. 
And so um, it's been really fun to, I mean, I read my book and this is funny too. This is like, goes back to my, um, my overconfidence. I I've read my book how many times now? I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80. Like I wrote it. I've had to read it to revise it. I've had to read it to edit it. And then I did the whole reading out loud to record the audiobook. So I've not only read it, you know, I've read it in my mind. I've read it out loud. I've read it to the yeah, sound editor. Yeah. I've listened to it. It's like, you would think that I would get to the point where I'm like, Ugh, I'm like over it. I hate it. And I think that sometimes I think, gosh, I'm over it. And then I start reading it. And then I look up and I tell my husband, Dave, this is good. I like it. <laughs> I'm so happy that I like it. And like that maybe sounds arrogant. It maybe sounds ridiculous. No. I am so happy no. that I like it. I'm so happy that I created something that feels like me. Like it feels like home. It feels like truth. It feels like like an honest reflection of my experience. And I think that that above all is what will relate to people. Because I am not trying to do something something that I'm not. I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. I'm I'm trying to share, simply share the lessons that we learned in hopes that they will resonate with someone else, that they will look at their life maybe a little bit different, that it might cause a little bit of shift in their own perspective in one way or another in a way that will better their lives. And I mean, I can't hope for any more than that. So um, yeah. I'm so happy for you. I, I just... I'm crying again. Well, it's fine because you know you. you know why I'm crying. One, because I'm so happy for you. Two, because these are such good messages for me to hear always from you. And three, I know without a shadow of a doubt, Miranda, that even if nobody and everybody's going to read your book, right? But even if somebody listening to this exact podcast, which thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people listen to every episode of Awesome with Allison, they're going to be so inspired by the process of you writing the book and doing it and taking on the challenge that you're going to affect their life for better. And so even by you simply acting as the guide and and just following your inspiration, you're inspiring so many people and you've inspired me and I am so grateful that I got to talk to you about your book and that so many people are going to get to hear just little snippets so they can be excited. I think it would be really fun. So the book comes out on June 25th. Yes. Yeah, that's the launch date. That's the launch date. But if you pre-order it, and where do, where can they go to pre-order it? Because if they pre-order it right now, they get the audiobook for free, which we, you know, you're a podcast listener, guys. Like, we want the audiobook, right? So they're going to get both. We love the audio. Yes, I always yes, want both, so but I always want with both. That. I do too. Yeah. I always want both. I want to read because I like to read. I like to highlight. I like to take notes. I like to like be able to resort back to that. Yeah. And I'm busy. And so sometimes I like to listen and just like have someone talk to me like a bedtime story. Yes. So yes, if you pre-order, you get both. And the, the way that you do that is to go to my website, livefreecreative.co. And up at the top, there is a link in the header bar of the blog that says book pre-order. When you click right there, it takes you to the page that yes. tells you a little bit about the book. It has the links to go straight to Amazon and order it directly from Amazon. And the reason that I don't send you to Amazon right now directly, I mean, you can go, you can search it more than enough by Miranda Anderson on Amazon. It will pop right up for you. It's on sale. Okay. It's um, under $15 right now now. But the form on my website has where you actually need to enter in your order number in order to claim the audiobook. So if you go to livefreecreative.co, look for book pre-order, click right there, then you can click straight through that post to buy the book and then copy your order number. When you come back to that page on my website at the bottom, you'll see where you enter your name, your email address, and your Amazon order number. That's what we are going to use to email you the audio files of the book on the launch day. 
So it's really exciting that you'll get to have both the hard copy book, which like we talked about, there are exercises in the book. It is meant to be written in. There are actually, I mean, lines and questions and places to fill things out within the covers of the book itself. And it's really nice to listen to it. So, and I I actually recorded the audio. I mean, I didn't record it. I went into a studio, but it's my narration. And that was really, really fun too. Yeah. So you can grab it there and uh, that's how you fill that out. And I love it because there's so many practical application um, ideas in the book. And so I think, thank you again, Miranda. Let's leave everybody with a challenge. Let's leave everybody with one practical application. Can you think of one that you would like to, to leave everybody with? Okay, I love, love the idea of a challenge or something to apply from this episode. I love that you do that in all of your episodes as well. And so let me give you two options. I'll give you two options for challenges. The first one is going to be a gratitude practice. And I know that this resonates with you. I love your gratitude practices. So gratitude is so transformative and it changes the way that you look at your life and your belongings and your capabilities. And so my first challenge, the first option is to do this. Today, complete a gratitude practice. That can look like writing down three things you're grateful for. You don't even have to write it somewhere cool. You can just write it down on a piece of paper. But intentionally focusing on things that are going right is really helpful for perspective. Another way to do a gratitude practice would be to pop back to Awesome with Allison episode 24, where you can listen to Allison, your um, gratitude practices, which are incredible and I know have helped so many people. Love that. So option one is to complete a gratitude practice today. Do that today. Option two is what I call an abundance exercise. And I, I share some of this in the book as one of the end of chapter exercises. I want you, if you choose this option, to think right now about something that you want, something that you do not have that you want, that you think is going to make your life better. Maybe it is a new bathing suit for the summer. Maybe it's more sales in your Etsy shop. Maybe it is whiter teeth. I don't know. (laughs) But think about something that you want. I'm sure we all can think about something right now that we have been thinking, gosh, I really would like that. If I had that, it would make me feel better. And I want you to think right now for yourself, if you had that thing, how it would make you feel, how that would change the way that you feel. And then I want you to consider whether or not you can feel that feeling without getting the thing. Can you decide that what you have right now is enough to feel the way that you want to feel? I believe that the answer for all of us is yes. That we already have inside of us everything that we need to create the emotions that we want to have in our lives. But we get so wrapped up and consumed and confused by everything that's around us, thinking that those are the things that cause the way that we feel and we forget that we cause the way that we feel. So this abundance exercise is just a, it's a perspective shift. It's a, it's a way to say, and I'm going to do this actually, my podcast, uh, Live Free Creative, goes live every Thursday morning, and this week's episode is about this idea, and I'm going to share a little bit more about this idea of how it's okay 
to feel all of the feelings without changing a thing about the circumstance. It's really, really a powerful practice. So choose one of those two challenges, either do a gratitude practice or spend a little bit of time pondering on this abundance exercise. Can what you have right now be enough? Can, if you were never to acquire anything more or if the way that your life looks today, if that's the way that it looks forever, would you be able to still feel content, satisfied and fulfilled? That's a, an incredible exercise to work I through. I love that. Is what I have right now going to be enough? And we get to choose. We get to choose, right? We get to choose that it's enough. And that is so good. This is so good. I'm so excited, Miranda. Thank you so much for being here. I do want to ask you this. I should have asked it earlier, but do you have a pump-up song? We like to play 30 seconds of uh, your pump-up song. Okay, a pump-up song. <laughs> you put me on the spot here. Okay, every single morning, it's the classic song. Dun, 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 like a Fifth Avenue diamond. Mm. You know mm. what I'm talking about? I don't know even who sings mm. it, but it's so good. And it's just like a happy little beat. It's gonna pick you up in the Cadillac. Dun, dun, dun. You know, anyway, that one. I'm gonna go with that for today. I'ma pick you up in a Cadillac like a gentleman. Bring it glamour black. Keep it real to real in the way I feel. I could walk you down the aisle. I wanna do you like Michael. I wanna kiss you like Prince. Let's get it all like Marvin Gaye, yeah, like Hathaway. Write a song for you like this. You're over my pumped. Miranda, this is so good. Those exercises. I mean, of course, I'm partial to the gratitude practice one, but that second exercise, I mean, this has been so powerful. I'm in love with you even more. I already loved you. Thank you so much for all that you've shared today. This has been incredible. I just have to say thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love your show. I listen every week. I, of course, love everything you do. I love going to brand school. I love being a part of your work and your life and being your friend. And I really appreciate the love that you put into everything that you do. And I just feel so honored to be on Awesome with Allison, which is one of my favorite, favorite shows. And so thank you so much for the opportunity. Okay. Stop, but don't stop. I appreciate all of that. I love you. I really, truly appreciate it. You guys. I was over here crying, laughing, and I know Miranda very well. Just truly seeing how this challenged and her writing the book has um, given her deeper insight and really awesome habits and different perspectives. I know I sold it, but I'm not kidding. I really recommend the book and how awesome to support somebody like Miranda. Eric, you were saying yesterday when you were editing the episode, you tried her second challenge. Tell us about that. Well, first of all, I just love Miranda. I think she's hilarious. Oh, you guys need to understand that Miranda and Eric like love each other. They're on like the same like crazy team of insanity. They love, they have fun together. She's just an incredible person. I loved, I loved, and I had never done that before her second challenge of I don't even, I don't remember what it was called but it's basically what do you want and then how how do you think you'll feel if you had that it was like an abundance practice yeah abundance practice and I thought I, I you know I thought of my thing and then I f- thought about how I'd feel and, and when you think about how you would feel you actually feel the feelings and then I then you then she like catches you it's like well you can feel those feelings and feel that way without getting what you think you want which is 
incredibly powerful. I it loved it. It really is like a magic thought. And I've had this experience. I remember sitting at a light. I remember where I was sitting and I had this feeling of when you have your New York Times bestselling book, you're going to feel exactly how you feel right now. And I just remember that hitting me so hard. And it was like this challenge of you can feel it now, you can feel it later, but if you can't feel it now, you're never going to be able to feel it. And so that's why I love how Miranda has really created a powerful exercise around that. And she's got exercises like that throughout her whole book. I had the privilege, obviously, of getting an advanced copy. So um, we're so grateful. Make sure you follow her on Instagram at livefreemiranda. Listen to her podcast, Live Free Creative. And we are loving you guys and we are loving the reviews that you're leaving us on iTunes. We have 800 and something written reviews and we would really, really, really like to get to a thousand written reviews. So we are going to be reading two reviews from you guys until we can get there and sending you two super awesome swag packages from my party with Allison shop. And Eric, what do you have for us? I wish I could read all of them. I know they're so good. Thank you guys so much. This is from Josie Joe Smiles. She says, oh my gosh, Allison, I hate episode 82 because <laughs> it is so good. I hate how it, exact, it is exactly what I needed to hear. I am super guilty of using padded thoughts to numb, and you were the first person to tell me that. I felt like I was on a therapy couch, and I was just getting more worked up because you and Eric were right, as usual. This time, I'm the one crying. I love you guys so much and have been listening to your podcast religiously for over a year now. Thank you for the wisdom and laughs you bring into my Thursday morning routine. You have the only podcast that I listen to as it comes out. P.S. I met you guys in person on your podcast tour, and not to reinforce the padded thought, but you are super nice. Damn it. Oh, yay. I love it. I'm super nice. (laughs) That seriously means so much that we're part of your routine and that you were able to get so much value. Thank you so much. Be sure to shoot us an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. And we, oh, I love it. Eric, do you have another one? Yeah, this one's from Geek like Geeker SIC. Okay. They say, I am all in when it comes to Smith, Allison, and Eric too. I started listening right after my dad passed away, which is right around the car accident episodes. Something about misery loves company, but I felt connected and hooked. I started listening to all the past episodes right away. I even have one saved on my phone and I've been a regular listener ever since. I am an awesome on-demand member and, I, and I feel like that content along with this podcast has helped me be more me and stand up for myself. Episode 77, just ask for what you want, damn it. Just so many good thought nuggets packed into every episode and I can't leave out Eric. I love listening not only to his awesome music at the end of every episode, which I look forward to, but also his perspective on things. Allison and Eric, I truly feel this podcast helped me get out of one of the toughest times of my life and I just want to thank you. Sorry it took me so long to write a review, but it is well deserved. (laughs) Of course I'm crying. I first want to say I'm so sorry for your loss, and it genuinely means so much that the podcast and Awesome On Demand, that's why I created Awesome On Demand, to help you take the tools to the next level. It means so much to me that um, both the podcast and that program are helping you see results in your life, and I can't thank you enough for sharing that. And I just want to remind you guys, that's why I do this. I know what it feels like to suffer. I don't know your exact type of suffering. I know what it feels like to feel lost and crazy in your head. I know what it feels like to want to hurt yourself, thoughts of suicide. And that's my goal is I know without a shadow of a doubt that the principles we talk about on the podcast and the um, habits that you start to create when you join Awesome On Demand are going to 
help you create a life you love and give you less suffering so you can feel as awesome as you are. And I just, I want you to know, um, I don't take it lightly, but uh, and I'm so grateful for the results you guys are getting, but it's also why I'm here. I know that you will find results with these tools, and I'm so happy when I get to celebrate with you and the results that you're finding. I want to also remind you always this, only you can be you. And you are already as awesome as you need to be. We love you guys so much. Eric, what are you taking us out on today, sir? This one's called Fun in the Sun from our Weekend Away collection. It's like analog goodness, kind of like warm, sunny days, sepia filter. Sepia? How do you say that? Sepia. Sepia filter, that kind of t- that kind of mood. I like it. And then you've got a love note from Miranda. Oh, yeah. Miranda. I think you should share it. Miranda tagged this. She put it on the end of the recording for me. So check it out. Shout out to Eric. Eric for doing all of the behind the scenes, crazy audio techno work. And I just have to say, as I, um, Eric, I know you're listening. Thank you for the Pleasant Pictures Music Club. I use it on my show and all of the audio that I do there. And one of my favorite parts of Awesome with Allison is as you wrap up and you share some new beats. And I always love listening to your music. So thank you. You guys are the best. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you.